chooses real good songs to stir our hearts. That's good. Boy, it's been good music today. Choir, these two songs have been real good. Turn your Bibles this morning to Philippians chapter 3. Now, I'm excited to preach this sermon. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to preach tonight. So uh, come back. God gave me a thought this week that just blessed my heart. Uh, I'll be preaching that tonight at 6 o'clock if you can make it back. hope you will. And this message here stirred my heart, and I hope this one is a help to some folks going through some things, and it uh, seems like that's kind of the theme of today, and the uh, Lord knew that when he, when he gave me this. So let's get into God's Word, Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Not as though I have already attained, Paul writes, Either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend, that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, he's talking to Christian people, the church. I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect. Now that word perfect means mature. Not sinless. Mature. Be thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise minded. God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless. Whereto we have already attained. Let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Brethren, there he is again, talking to the church, talking to Christians. Brethren, be followers together of me. Mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation, that word conversation means manner of living, how we live our life. For our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this uh, portion of scripture and Lord, uh, these people that I'm preaching to, are many of them are mature saints. And, and Lord, they've been the, through the book of Philippians many times. I have. Help this book not to become uh, old hat. Help us, Lord, to look at it with fresh eyes. Help us to heed and hear what you say today out of these verses. For Lord... I know many of your saints are going through something in their lives. Some health, some family trouble, some stresses of life. And Lord, um, I don't know, maybe some marital or children difficulty, some financial. And uh, Lord, we constantly need you. And as Becky's saying... Uh, Lord, um, it's got to rain. Sometimes things come and we don't see how or why you're working, but Lord, you're working. 
And uh, I just pray, Lord, through it all, that you'd help us to go forward, stay with you, stay the course, get through the storm. And Lord, we have an anchor in you. Help us today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to preach on this thought today. Don't look back. Don't look back. Now, Paul here in our text this morning is face to face with what I believe for him was a single or supreme objective of his life. You know, people wonder, how come Paul was so successful as a Christian? What made him the epitome of of Christian ministry? Well, Paul tells us one of the secrets. He had a, a, a solitary mindset when it came to what he tells us in the verse. There's supreme objective to help him live a successful Christian life. And it's found in verse 13. He said, this one thing I do. Now, I found it interesting when I read this again. I've read it so many times, preached on it before. I thought about Paul, what a gifted man he was, what a talented, what an incredibly intelligent man Paul was. And Paul didn't say, he didn't say these ten things I do. He didn't say these five things that I do, or even three things. He says, one thing I do. And Paul had a single mind toward ministry, And here's what he says in verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. Now, if you read that, you say, well, isn't that two things? Well, what else did he say? Verse 14. Here's the the single mind in this. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, in order to make that mark or get, reach that goal, Paul had to do two things. He had to forget and he had to reach forth. And we're going to talk about that today. Paul is imploring his readers back then, the Philippians, who needed that message from him, who needed that epistle sent to them, and to every Christian since then, every true believer in Christ that would read these words, he's telling us to press on. He's telling us to strive, to endure, to finish as he had finished his course. Sometimes in life we we, we run into things. They're not of our choosing. And they slow us down, they impede us, and sometimes it even stops the progress of some Christians. You know, we're we're all good at this, that we say we're going to do one thing and live a certain way, as long as everything's fine, but when we run into something we can't fix, that's when our Christianity really shows up. Our true faith in Christ. And Paul, boy, from his testimony in Scripture, Paul went through some things. And here's how he did it. He was pointing for the mark. He was looking for the goal. He wanted to serve God all the way until the Lord took him home. And he said this. He said, this one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are past, reaching forth those things which are before. That's good advice, not from me. It's from God, through the Apostle Paul. Now remember, when Paul wrote these words to the church at Philippi, Paul was trying to think of how he could convey this thought to them where they would understand it. And he knew that they understood running races. uh, The Greek games, the Olympics... He, he was making reference to that, and he's talking about running a race. He's talking about a runner. He's talking about finishing a course. 
He's talking about accomplishing something, and he said, you're not going to run the race and win the race and accomplish what you're setting out to accomplish if you keep looking back. So our goal is to finish the course. Our goal is to achieve what God wants us to achieve in our life as Christians. And we've got to be singularly focused. We have, to, we have to be steady and steadfast on that goal. Now Paul was saying, don't waste your energy on things that are past. You can't do anything about them. Don't look in the rear view mirror all the time. And what, we shouldn't be texting when we drive. Why? <laughs> it's obvious. I shouldn't be eating a big Whopper here and a Coke here and trying to steer the steering wheel with my elbows. Have you ever done that? I'm not saying. But we shouldn't. And sometimes in the Christian life, people are constantly looking back instead of looking forward. Paul said, I press toward the mark. I have a goal in mind. Keep your mind on that. Paul's sole, single, one and only concern was to finish his race and to finish it well. And so this morning I want to admonish you as your pastor, as your brother in Christ. I want to encourage you, I want to implore each of you to forget some things and to stretch out or uh, uh, go forward in some things so that you can run your race successfully. Amen? Let me give you these. First of all, to do this, I believe we need to understand that there are things which are behind us that we need to forget about. As a pastor, I run into people all the time, all the time, that have had past problems, past events, past mistakes, past sins, past attitudes, and they won't let it go. I run into people that although God has forgiven them, they live their life as if they're not forgiven. Because they won't forgive themselves. The past will drag us down. The past will keep us from our goal. Paul said, i got to forget some things that are past. Forget it. And reach forward, stretch forward to what? The finish line. The end of the race, the goal of the Christian life. The first thing he says to these believers at Philippi, and we get it through the inspiration of the Scriptures to our very day, forgetting. Forgetting. You say, preacher, I thought we are supposed to be remembering things. We're entering into a season. Pastor Williams taught this morning on giving and generosity. We're also entering into a season with reminiscing. Nostalgia, right? That's not what we're talking about. It's not wrong to be nostalgic. It's not wrong to remember good things. I'll talk about that in just a little bit. But Paul's talking about forgetting some things that are going to burden you down and keep you from finishing the goal. Okay? Someone has said, a good memory is not always a great asset. (laughs) I wish I'd have said that. You know, I preach a long time, and I, I can't think of two or three statements I've ever made that anybody would want to write down, but that's a good one. A good memory is not always a great asset. Now, how can you? That sounds odd, but it's true. Because some memories are good, but you can't live there. See, that's the problem. We have a good day or a good year or a good week, and we want to live there. You just can't live there. Life changes. Life goes on. Life happens. 
And so memories are good, but they're not always a great asset because there's some things that happened in our past that need to be forgotten. Forget about it. Move on. Don't stay there. It'll trip you up. It'll hinder you. It'll keep you from finishing the course. Now, I'm going to mention several of these this morning that I want to highlight of some things, so please hear me out. Some things that we need to forget about. Amen? Number one, we need to forget about our past sins. Now, here's why. Because God has forgiven them. If you have honestly and sincerely asked God to forgive you, and you've forsaken that sin or sins, you're good with God. What's the thing? You're golden. Is that what somebody would say? Here's what Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13 says, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. Amen. You can't just fool around and fake out and hide and think you're getting away with anything. We can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time, and you definitely can't fool God. And he says, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. Mark it down. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. That's my God. But it doesn't say he that confesses them shall have mercy. It says he that confesseth them and forsaketh them. Stop it. Quit it. Don't do it anymore. What did he say to the woman caught? In, they, they took her and they threw her down in front of Jesus and said this woman's caught in a very act of adultery. Remember how the Lord took and, and wrote down some words? We don't know what those words were. But then he said, ye that hath, has not sinned, cast the first stone. And one by one, they all dropped their stones and walked away. Why? Because they all were sinners. And then he said to her, go and keep sinning. Is that what he said? He said, go and sin no more. Well, well she was a woman of ill repute. She was a prostitute. She was wicked. She, go and sin no more. He forgave her and she forsook her sin. And she became one of the New Testament top drawer Christians, Mary Magdalene. How'd that happen? She took God at his word. Whoso confesseth and forsaketh the sin shall have mercy. And she received that and lived it. We've got to forget about our past sin. There is not one person here is worthy for heaven. All of us were sinners. We all got forgiven and we're all different than we used to be. Because that's the program. Any man being Christ, all things pass away, all they all become new. Everybody may be at a different rate of maturation, maturity in your Christian life, but you have grown if you're saved. Well, I'm, I wanted to grow more than this one. Don't look at the other guy. But grow. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. Press on. Go forward. And you're not going to go forward if you keep looking back at all, all your mistakes and failures and sin and you won't forgive yourself, although God has already forgiven you. I'm telling you, this is one of the biggest hindrances to people going out and serving the Lord in the local church. Because God gifted them, he's forgiven them, and he wants them to serve. And many times as a pastor, people say, oh, I can't pastor. I, I, the way I used to live and my past haunt. Forget about that. You're a new child of God in grace. You go on, and there's nobody going to judge you because they got pass. Amen. Don't worry about the Pharisees. You just go forward with the Lord. God has forgiven your sins. He's already forgotten about them. 
As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our sins from us. Right? That's Psalm 103.12. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from the majority of them. No, from all unrighteousness. Isaiah 44.22, I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions, and as a cloud thy sins return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. You see, he's taken them, and he's getting rid of them. He's casting them behind his back. He throws them in the depths of the sea. What does the Lord mean by all these statements? They're gone. They're forgiven. We walk in grace now, and we go forward to the mark, to the goal of living for the Lord all the way to the finish line. Micah 7, 19, he will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities, and thou wilt cast all their sins in the depths of the sea. Isn't that a wonderful truth? And so we must forget our past sins. If God has forgiven them, then we must forget about them. And you can't just rehearse them and rehash them over and move on. I have dealt with people in counseling that have come to me through the years, and when you talk to them, they just rehash, rehash, rehash. And when they're saying these things, it's like they're living it all over again, and it's something that happened to them 30 years ago, 10 years ago. And you ask them, have you been saved? Has God forgiven you? Yes. But they won't let it go. Let it go. Move on. Quit looking back. Amen. If you're going to finish the goal. Second, we must forget our past failures. Not just that we've been forgiven, but forget our past failures. See, preacher, isn't that the same thing? No, it's not. Uh, if we constantly dwell on them and drug them up and re- revive the bad and the hurtful, then we'll not have the peace that passes all understanding. Things that people have said about us. Things that people have done to us. Hey, what happened in a former church? Let it go. Forget about it. But it hurt so bad. I know, it was bad. What about the sins people have committed against me? They're nailed to the cross alongside of your sins. So why won't you just let it go? I press toward the mark. We must forget past successes. Now that sounds a little weird, doesn't it? Past successes. And here's why we've got to let that go. Because we'll stay in our past. We'll get proud that I used to do this and I used to do that and I was a leader and I did this and I did that. Yeah, but what are you doing now for Christ? So you keep looking in the rearview mirror and some of you aren't doing anything for God. I know you used to. So what? Big deal. What are you doing now? Amen. We're supposed to serve the Lord all the way home. Well, I went, you know, I went halfway with them. Did he go halfway with you? Did he die on the cross and shed his blood for half of your sins? Did he hang on the cross naked before this world, and embarrassing, if you would, himself for just halfway? So why are we giving him a halfway allegiance or a half try? 
or a half effort. Or, you know, I've got a set of sins that I can let go, but I just can't let these go. And there are some people that have hurt me that I've forgiven, Pastor, but there's these that I can't. You're in trouble, friend. You're never going to make the finish line. Not the way God intended you to. Forget about your past successes. Forget about past regrets and your past reputation and past ill will, but forget about your, your, all the things you've done for the Lord in a positive way because it'll build up, it'll puff you up and you'll be proud of something, but you're not stopping to think you're not doing anything much for God today. So you taught a Sunday school class for 15 years, 15 years ago. <laughs> you think that's going to be okay with the Lord when you get to heaven? You think he's just going to pull out the, say, man, you served, you served me for 15 years. That's great. And let's not worry about the last 20 years that you've done nothing for me. We'll just focus on, you think that's the way it's going to be? But what if he said to you, well done, thou good and faithful servant, and you went all the way to the finish line for God? We must learn how to forget our past pleasures. Because here's the problem. They'll deceive us. Go to Numbers. Numbers chapter 11. I'll show you this illustration in Scripture. Numbers chapter 11. God's people, you know, they're out there in Egypt. They're in bondage. Pharaoh has given them a life of rigor. He's given them a life of um, um, suffering, of lack, beatings, daily work, building those pyramids. Building those, uh, building those temples for Egypt's glory. Numbers chapter 11, verse 5. And here's God's people talking, and they said, We remember. See, we're talking about you've got to forget your past pleasures. We remember. They're bringing up the past, right? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely. That's how it was. And the cucumbers. Now, that doesn't excite me. The fish does. Cucumber. I like cucumbers, but they don't like me. The older I've got, well, anyway, let's move on. But cucumbers. And the melons. And the leeks. And the onions. And the garlic. Woo. <laughs> I never thought about it. These Jewish people probably had bad breath. What do you think? All... But they're saying, remember all the good food we ate? Remember when we had bread to our full fill? Verse 6, but now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all besides this manna before our eyes. They are negative. They are griping. They are critical. And, uh, you know, they have a memory that is not sharp or a memory that they have chosen to distort. You know, I know people, they get saved, and they go along in their Christian life, and then they start complaining, well, you know, before I was saved, this never bothered me. Before I was saved, I did what I wanted to. Somebody preaches on separation or somebody expects, uh, you know, a, a different way of living because we're in Christ. They say, well, I didn't have to worry about all this stuff before I became a Christian. Yeah, but let me ask you, how was that going for you? You were on your way to hell. And many of us could look back and, and remember what it really was. Marriage is a mess. Family a mess. Uh, you know, we weren't as peaceful as we think. People had addictions and had issues of life. But then we got saved and we go down the life and, 
And because we don't have this or that like we want it, we start complaining to God like they did. Oh, would to God we were back in Egypt where we had everything we wanted. That's not the way it was. Amen. Look at chapter 20, verse 5. And wherefore have you made us to come out of Egypt, talking to Moses, to bring us into this evil place, And there's uh, no place of seed or of figs or of vines or of pomegranates, neither is there any water to drink. They didn't have that stuff in Egypt. So why are they talking about it now? Chapter 21 in verse 5. Now I'm not saying the pomegranates and all that wasn't there, but the Jews weren't eating it. The Egyptians were. Chapter 21 in verse 5. And the people spake against God. Imagine that, God's people speaking against God. God's people spake against God and against Moses. Imagine somebody getting upset with the preacher. Wherefore have you brought us out to Egypt to die in this wilderness? And there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. I mean, they're a mess. You know why? Because they're living in their past so-called pleasure, which really wasn't pleasure. I'm amazed at how people look at their old life after a while. People that are not in God's will. They become critical and complaining, and they have a poor memory. I know, listen, before I got saved, I didn't know any better. After I got saved, I realized what a mess I was in. And then, through time, I realized, man, I had, I had parents that were lost. I was raised in a lost home. I was going the wrong direction. I worked in a bar. I had a filthy mouth. I, you know, my life wasn't all that great. I could go on and on and on. Before you got saved, what was your life like? It wasn't all that great. Being saved and going to heaven is great. The life I have in Christ now, I never dreamed I'd ever have. So what do I got to complain about? I don't want to remember Egypt. Quit looking back to Egypt. Quit looking back to the things. You know, sometimes I hear people talk about their past and they're almost like enjoying talking about what a drunk they were. And yeah, man, you remember when we used to do this back here? And why, What are you doing that for? Go forward. Press on. Amen. So we, learn, we need to learn how to forget our past pleasures. Egypt wasn't so wonderful. We need to forget our past unhappy and unwholesome experiences. Loss of past fortune. Listen, maybe you lost a job or you lost on a deal or somebody did you dirty. You can't go back. Why dwell on it? Past loss opportunity. Well, if I just got that job, I got beat out of that job. That opportunity, and you're mad at God because it didn't come along. It won't come back to you. Why do you keep drudging it up? How about this one? Lost of past wrongdoings won't fix matters now. You know, every one of us, if you want to dwell on it, you could go back and talk about, you know, my dad did this, my mom did that, my dad didn't do this, my mother didn't do that, my siblings were this, and my friends and people in the church did this to me. They said this about me. They, you know, why do you want to go there? Man, isn't God good enough to go forward? Hadn't he been good to you? So what we got to do is we can't foster any more resentment. We've got to break through that, and we've got to go on. Brethren, I can't, not myself to have apprehended. I've not got it there yet. 
But this one thing I do, and he says, I'm going to forget those things which are behind. We need to forget about past blessings, as I mentioned, because people say, now, preacher, wait a minute. Isn't that good to remember past blessings? Not if we don't go forward, not if we don't live in the present, and not if we don't go to the future. Bless the Lord, O my soul, Psalm 103, verse 2, forget not all his benefits. I'm not saying we shouldn't look at all how good God has been. But listen, yesterday's provision and supply is not sufficient for today. You've got to move on. Life moves on. Amen. So we move on in Christ. Here's what God does. He says in Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 23, God's provisions are new every morning. Every time you wake up. I, I said to Elaine this morning, she was sitting on the bench back there. I had to leave the auditorium for a little bit. Came back, sat in the back. Elaine came in, sat down next to me. I didn't talk to her during Sunday school. But when it was over, I said, how are you today, <laughs> Elaine? She said, I'm living. I'm alive. Every day I'm alive is a good day. <laughs> Amen. I, I understand what she's saying. Amen. Every day's new. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a WJR listener, and Paul and W. Smith, I, I hear him in the morning when I'm shaving and all that. And he, all, he always talks about, today's a good day. It's a gift. He always says it's a gift. The older I get, the more I realize that. It's a gift. You're here in church today, it's a gift. Hey, there's some people that would love to be here this morning. Rose Rainey's not been doing too well lately. She's at home. Darlene Ida Mueller. She's in rehab center. My wife saw her yesterday. Gloria Donovan saw her. She's having dementia issues. She's not here today. Tom Asher, who a couple comes in here and sits with Dorothy. He's in a rehab center. 20% of his heart working. You know, Amy Drennan, we need to pray for her dad. He had a heart attack. Uh, Jerry Jameson, he told his daughter yesterday, she said, well, you know, I'm okay. He said, I'm 79. I've lived a good life. And he reminded his daughter and said, you know, four score years and ten, I'm going to be 80. I've had a good life. What a good attitude. Amen? But I'll guarantee you, all these people would like to be well and in church today. Brother Chuck Smith's dad fell. Now they're helping Brother Chuck Smith, his father, senior. And Brother Chuck's going to be helping his dad tonight because he's at home and now the family need to take care of him. Brother Chuck would like to be here tonight, but he's got family duties, which I say amen to. It's not that he's going to be missing church tonight because he wants to. He's missing church to take care of his dad. You understand what I'm saying? There's some people who want to be in church. And then there's some that want to be out of church. And I'd say many of them is because they're constantly looking back and they're not looking forward. In your Christian life, you say, well, I got all these blessings. God's been so good to me, so how are you treating God because he's been so good to you? Part-time Christianity? Living like you want to live? Doing what you want to do? You know, kind of in neutral till you get home? It's not what the Bible teaches us. We must forget the sins and failures of others. Here's what I see sometimes. People have done us wrong. Ever had, let, me, let me raise you, and, I, and I'm not judging you. If you don't want to participate, fine, but just for, for helping me. How many of in your Christian life have had somebody do something, hurt you, say something, 
that they shouldn't have. Raise your hand. Really? Man, you people ought not serve God. You people ought to quit. How come you're even here? Hey, that's going to happen. You know why? Because nobody's perfect. Hey, you probably offended somebody. You think? Did you say anything? Did you not say something you should have said? Sure, we all have. Right? So people have heard us, right? We, we, but here's what we do. We fundamentalists. We Bible-believing, King James, you know, dotting all our I's and crossing all our T's, Christians. Here's what we do. We want to put them in the penalty box, and we don't want to let them out. <laughs> Tripping, get in the penalty box, and we keep them there. But here's the deal. God forgave me. So I'm, I don't forgive others? You know that's not right. You say, but you don't know. Yeah, but God does. And listen, I'm amazed. I am amazed. I am amazed that he forgave me. And I'm not going to forgive somebody else? You say, what if they don't mean it? That's between them and God. You just go on. Go on. Forget it. Go on. Or you won't finish your course. Amen. But preacher, I can't forgive them. Yes, you can. Matter of fact, here's the next two words. You must. Or you won't go forward. Your choice. If God can forgive them, you ought to forgive them. Mark eleven twenty five. and when you stand praying, forgive. Who says these? Who's talking this? Whose words are these? Jesus. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. And boy, I've had a ton of them. I was telling Jim Michaels, we had discipleship yesterday. And I said, now look, I said, Jim, I said, I've been saved for 42 years. I said, uh, wonder how many sins I've committed in 42 years since I've been saved. Three or four, maybe? The Bible says if you offend the law of one, you've offended it all. Remember that rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10 that came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, sell all you have, give to the poor, take up your cross and follow me. And the Bible says he went away grieved because he had much possession. See, Jesus knew what his heart was all about, his things. And the thing about that, in that conversation I was telling Jim, he's talking about the commandments. He said, well, now I've done this, and I haven't done that, and I've kept, and I haven't stole. And I, he named six of the Ten Commandments. And Jesus never rebuked him. He didn't say, oh, you're not telling the truth. He never issued that. But 60% is not that great a deal. Six out of ten is good. When you think about humanity... But, like, I asked him what 60% was. He said, that's a D in my day. Well, back in the biblical day, that was an F. Okay? We've dummy down society where 60% is passing. But then the Bible went and said this. If you offend one point, you could be 90% and still not be good enough. So I said to Jim, I said, Jim, how long have you been saved? He said, about a year and a half. I said, okay. How many sins do you think you've committed in a year and a half? He said, oh, <laughs> 
Hey, how many sins have you committed since you've been saved? Now, if God can forgive you, why can't you forgive somebody else? That's good. We'll move on. We're talking about finishing the course. We're talking about pressing forward. And I guess, I'll take a little bit of time. I got more points. You know, I have too many points. I don't know why I do that. I'm sorry, church. I just always have too many points. But listen, the biggest point you can learn today, don't look back. Stop it. Stop doing it. You're wasting too much time. You're distracted. Paul was singly focused. He was solely Focused. He had a goal set before him. It was finishing his course. That's what we need to do. So we've been forgiving. We need to forget and forgive. And we need to look forward. How do we look forward? Things ahead of us which we should all strive to attend. That's the next point. Forgiving. And then he says, verse 13, and reaching forth. Reaching forth. Pressing forth. Now, how do we do this? As Christians, as followers of Christ, we must press on to perfection. He says in verse 12, perfect. Look at verse 12. Philippians 3, verse 12. And it's not, it's not sinless perfection. It's not, it's not that we don't sin anymore. Look at verse 12. He says, though I have already attained, either we're already perfect, but I follow after that which I may apprehend, for which I am also apprehended of Christ. Brethren, I caught not myself to have apprehended this one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. He's talking about perfect. And the word perfect means mature. You know, if you're saved, you will grow. It's amazing to me when they get a hold of somebody that just got saved and they start going through discipleship, you know, you talk to them and they're very little they understand, so you take your time. But after a year... They're surprised how much they've grown. It happens every time, because if you're in Christ, you're going to grow. Dina texted us this morning and said, pray for our service today with the children. She said, last week we had 44 children, and some of their parents came. And Now, we don't get this, but you know what they've been teaching on for the last few Sundays? You know what they're teaching on today? The Christmas story. You know why? They've never heard the story of Christ. We, we, we teach it in Sunday school, like, the, these are Syrians, these are Muslims. These are African Muslims that have never heard the Christmas. Now, if you've never heard, how do you believe on it? Well, God sent the preacher. Beautiful, the feet of them preach the gospel. So they're going over the basic story of Jesus Christ and his birth, and they're trying to decide, should we bring the gospel out today, or should we wait another week, because we want them to fully understand what the gospel is. In order to understand the gospel, they've got to understand where did, who is Jesus? Where did he come from? How was he born? All that. And they're telling the Christmas story because Christmas is coming. Now, Germany is big on Christmas. We've been there under the Christmas markets. It is the most gorgeous place. I mean, it is all about Christmas. But these people are disenfranchised people sent into this country. They're there, and they don't know Christmas. They never heard about Jesus. They don't know what the Bible is. And so you take your time teaching them, and finally you give the story, and then it's interesting how the children open up their hearts to that story and believe on Jesus. Folks, we have all this knowledge, and we don't understand that people can walk in America. 
People can walk in that back door and they don't know what you, they don't know what you know. They don't understand it. Right? Somebody gets saved and these new converts, I mean, they're so clean. They don't know how clean they are. But they're a new slate. And you teach them. And then after a while, some of our new converts in the last few years, they've read through their Bible three and four times. And they text me and they call me and tell me. And I think about Christians that maybe haven't even read through it one time because they've been raised up in, in church. Everything's new and they're grabbing a hold of it. But they're growing. Are you growing? How long have you been saved? Are you growing? If you're in the Word, you can't help it. Are you growing? Do you care to grow? Or are you just looking in the rearview mirror? You're living in your past. We press on not only uh, to perfection or maturity, we press on to purpose. He said, verse 12, apprehended. Folks, we're saved and we're apprehended. We're gifted and called for God's purposes, not our purpose. Remember when you figured that out? Remember when you figured out that you were saved for a purpose? I don't know how, Brother Lewis, people live their lives. Only the fact they're ignorant. Spiritually, you're not calling them a name. But I don't know how people in the world out there live their lives that don't know God. But now that I know the Lord, I realize that he has a purpose. He has a plan for me. He has a perfect will for me. And it's not my will. It's his will be done. Have we forgotten that? It's his will be done, not mine. Amen. And then lastly, we must press on to what? Propagation. Obviously, verses 17 through 19 is that we care about people that are lost to help them get saved. You know, we can be so self-focused, so centrally focused, so one-minded on ourselves as Christians instead of looking up and seeing the harvest that is before us. Amen. And folks, if we're always looking back and never going forward with God, we're not going to look around and see the need. Right? And so here's what we got to do. Let it go. Press on. Go forward. You got some things in your life right now that, that maybe aren't pleasing? Ask God to help you. And don't look back. Go on. You got somebody you need to forgive? Forgive them. You want you want somebody to say to you, "I'm sorry." Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Go on. God's forgiven you. Make that your central thought. Amen. Let's bow our heads if we would today. Every head bowed. Maybe some things haven't turned out the way that you want them to in your life. You've had some hardships. You've had some heartache. I'm not discounting that. Please hear me. I'm not discounting that. But don't look back at all that. Look at all the present goodness of God. And look forward to the future and hope what God can do and still wants to do. 
Seek that. Stop going backward. Stop it. You hear me? Quit it. Father, I thank you so much for your good word. And help us all today to do as Paul did, focus on one thing, and that's finishing our course well. And I pray, Heavenly Father, you've shown us the way by forgetting things are behind and reaching forth which that is before. Help us to take your admonition today, Lord, and please you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.